Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We are once again joined by a special guest, uh, David Harris Jr. Thank you for being here again. Um, you'll notice I didn't say special guest. Yeah, you, not special. Jason. A but guest, but not special. It's nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stu, what's the top story for you? Uh, we spent $3 trillion in eight months, and I'm wondering if that's a, a little too much. Are you? Yeah. You're, you're, say, you're on the is fence? Is that a few dollars too much? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We'll work through that. Yeah. We'll work through that. David. Democrats continue to pander to the black vote. They are uh, holding a hearing uh, where they're going to talk about reparations. So I want to weigh in on that. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. All right, Jason. Um, two more tankers attacked uh, the Straits of Hormuz uh, yesterday, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. um, what immediately happened afterwards? Uh, what does all this mean? Who's, who's responsible for it? And where do we go from here? All right, obviously a lot to get into. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. So a lot of you may have um, some pool dates coming up, maybe some travel dates where you might be going to the beach and you might be concerned that you have a couple extra pounds maybe to get off that you have not been able to get off. Um, if you have not yet, why are you laughing? I just got back from the beach and I was wearing the shirt the whole time. So I was like, <laughs> what's that number? <laughs> um, so if you are like Jason over here and you feel like you need to wear the shirt when you go to the beach, uh, try Ridiazone instead. It's, uh, it's just OEA, which stands for this really long thing that I can't say, but it's the molecule found in olive oil that um, has been shown to boost your metabolism and helps re help reduce your appetite. Um, so many of you out there have had success stories with it. It's working. You can go to ridiazone.com, get 30% off of a three-month supply right now using promo code THEBLAZE. We did the math for you. That's $1.39 a day. Uh, I think that you can invest that in your health at ridiazone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com for podcast listeners. Stu, so you're on the fence of yeah. whether or not the three trillion is too much. I might be being a little, I might be a little sensitive on this one. Okay. I feel like maybe we should cut it to like 2.99999 trillion. That seems just reasonable. a little high. Uh, $3 trillion in eight months, the first time we've ever done that. We're setting new records here in America. We should all congratulate ourselves. We're Yay. number one. In fact, uh, more spending than <laughs> any nation in history at any time. So, I've got terrible news for you. Um, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, we have we're in this cycle right now where Democrats get elected and they get power and they spend, you know, at any level they want, of course. And um, the Republicans stand on the other side and they say, hey, stop spending. The deficit's too high. And then Republicans get power and then no one says anything about it. Mm. Um, because once the Republicans get power, they just forget that the deficit and the debt is a problem. Um, and I still think it's a problem. Really concerned about it. I mean, if you remember going back to uh, past debates that we've had, uh, Obamacare, um, the stimulus plan, these are massive things that we were like, you know, we like started the Tea Party because of these things, right? We're out on the streets, we're protesting. Our deficit for this year so far is bigger than the entire cost of either of those programs. Like, wow. think about that. It costs $685 billion um, for uh, Obamacare to pay for subsidized uh, insurance for Obamacare. And, it and we've already, we're already in debt 700 and I can't remember the number, $760 billion. Or, or, and that's just for eight months. God. I mean, we are going to probably wind up at the end of the year having a deficit that is about the cost of the stimulus plus a year of Obamacare together. Wow. That is not healthy. And, you know, the problem here is that, you know, because Trump got a lot of heat and he, he will always continue to get it over these tax cuts. And this is what's causing all of our debt. Well, really, no. I mean, you look at the tax cuts. This is going to be our second highest year in history when it comes to tax revenues. 
um, which is great, right? I think, and, base, and it, you know, it's basically a tie from, uh, from I think it was 2016. Um, so we've passed these tax cuts, and our revenues are already up to the highest they've ever been. This is not a revenue problem. Is, we do not need more tax revenue. We need to cut spending. spending yeah. um, and, you know, it's, it's a tough one because I think, uh, understandably, like Trump gets enough heat on other things that Republicans don't want to be like, hey, what, what are you doing out there? You know, they, they, it's, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see the criticism uh, from a lot of conservative media. And I think, like, the problem is if conservative media and Republicans don't stand up and say, hey, we need to watch this stuff, then no one is. There is no catch at all. And I'm kind of concerned is that that's sort of where we are now. Uh, we're at a point where, um, you know, we are. I mean, and to be fair to Trump, he didn't he never ran as a big like, you know, guy who was going to spend yeah. you know, cut spending. That's I mean, that was never his his pitch, really. I mean, he's he's never been that type of small. I mean, he's been really good on regulation. He's done a lot of things in that realm that I think have helped businesses and helped the economy in, in a lot of ways. But he's never been a guy who's been like, I want to slash spending. That's not really his game. You know, Congress is the ones that needs to make those decisions. I think a lot of times if if they would pass these things, Trump would probably sign them. Um, but there's just no momentum behind it now. And it, sh- it, it gives Republicans and conservatives no credibility because next time when the Democrats, you know, God forbid, you know, one of these crazy people get in office, Oof. you know, they're going to start spending like crazy. And the Republicans are going to trot out these same arguments we were talking about in 2010. And how are we going to have credibility if we don't say anything about it now? What, what, what did I miss? Because I, so the vast majority of that is entitlements. Yeah, that's um, certainly a big ca- cause of it. Health, yeah. Social Security, yeah. things like that. But I don't. So, w- but that's been the, how it's been for over a decade. We have had a, ma- a big increase, and this is the thing. Obviously, like the one thing that I'm pretty comfortable spending money on with the federal government is military spending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, like I, that's something. It's one of the core things that are in our constitution that our government's supposed to do. It's like one of the very few things it's supposed to do. We do everything else, and a lot of times neglect the military. That's Th- only that, about four hundred billion, right? I, I believe but we right. did have a big increase there. That was one of the big things. Obviously, the entitlement programs are going. But again, you know, Trump has very been very clear. Like, I'm going to protect those programs. He's not looking to cut them. That was a big part of the campaign. Hillary is trying to accuse him of wanting to cut them, and he's like, I'm not cutting these things. That's not what I'm doing. I mean, look, there's some things that can that are, can be blamed on just inertia. These programs never wind up uh, going further. Um, they never wind up getting cut back because they're just constantly furthering themselves. Right? They're always growing. The population gets bigger. Inflation, you know, increases things. That's all kind of understood. There was a time where Republicans were the ones stepping up and saying, you know what, we need to go back to zero-based budgeting. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be the ones that are going back to, um, you know, Rand Paul created a budget not too long ago where he was like, well, let's increase, you know, uh, spending like 1% a year. And if we, can, if we just increase spending 1% a year very quickly, we'll catch back up and we'll stop having these giant deficits. But there's just zero appetite for it because, you know, there is a – no one wants to be able to – no one wants to take anything away, right? No one wants to take stuff away from others. And I get that. I mean, it's a, politically it can be damaging. But these are real problems. Like, the, our kids are going to have to deal with this stuff. This debt, this debt is going out of control. I mean, go, go back to this chart for a second. I mean, you know – this is under most of this under Republican control exclusively in all, in all three branches. This is the, the biggest year ever when it comes to spending. And it's not really that close. That's a problem. We should not be setting the example of how to set highs on this. And you've seen it increase every single year. The only year closest to this was the year of the Great Recession, where they had all those big spending things to try to kick the economy back in, into gear. This is wartime level spending. Mm-hmm. So if you looked at, I've looked at this before. I don't remember the numbers but in the comparisons. But, like, we're spending more than I think we did in World War II. It's absolutely insane. Um, and this is what kind of pisses me off, uh, that you hear people like, 
Cortez or Sanders or some of those people say they always make these claims that, you know, we're not taking care of our own. We don't, you know, why do we spend 400 billion on the military when there's all these other problems? We spend an insane <laughs> amount of money on health care, huh? on, on taking care of our own welfare. Yeah. Like, just look at the different entitlements. Like, yeah, taking care of our own. And we, we pretty much lead the world kind of in actual like dollar amounts. Sure. Yeah. It's insane how much we uh, we actually uh, contribute to, to to like what you said to our own. But I, 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 that's kind of baffling is if, you, if it's this bad now. Like, how are we going to... I mean, we already spend... I can't, what is it? It's around probably $500 billion on health care, right? It's, it's more than that, yeah. I mean, it's 600, I think it's 685, and that's just, you know, the, that doesn't include, like, the Medicare expenditures and, and all these other things that are, are massively high. So now eliminate... What does Elizabeth Warren do with this thing, right? Mm. I mean, right. Yeah. good God. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's it, going to be terrifying. David, are you concerned with the spending? Well, that's a that's a new figure for me to even hear, and it, and the fact that we're not hearing about it, it makes me wonder where is the spending increasing, or what's being increased right. over what's been getting spent in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely don't want to be, you know, just spending money hand over fist and and not paying attention to where it's going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, my question is, one of my questions would be, how's our overall deficit doing? Is it slowed down since since uh, Trump's became president, or especially with the additional revenue coming in from taxes? Or is it still just kind of going out of control? You know, I mean, I know Obama kind of doubled our overall deficit mm-hmm. just did during his presidency uh, yeah. from the time of our existence. I think a lot of times these things get viewed solely through the president, and it's like, you know, you know, look, I, it, it has gone up. I don't, think, I don't think you could say like that's Trump's fault. I think right. you know what you because a lot of it is like these programs are in place; mm-hmm. they grow because mm-hmm. the population grows, they grow because of inflation. You know, no one wants to ever say no to anybody, mm-hmm. so they grow. They get stuck in larger bills that are about other things, and. It, all that's a function, but there's not even a voice right now. Like, we're not even hearing arguments about it. We're not even hearing, we need people who are saying not, hey, can we keep this inertia going with this thing growing all the time? We need people who are saying, hey, we need to go the opposite direction. We need cuts. We need to realize we need to live within our means. You know, these are basic conservative values. And, you know, because there's so much other nonsense, you know, the media is dominated by Russia and it's dominated by, you know, uh, we, we, you know, Donald Trump's putting people in cages and all these yeah. other nonsensical things that most of the time aren't even true. And it's in these core issues that are the foundation of what, you know, kind of conservative values are when it comes to the government. They get kind of pushed to the side. They feel like they're old arguments. And and a lot of times people take them sort of as being critical of, of Trump. And, and, you know, people don't want to do that. But it's like we just have to, you know. If, if conservatism is about anything, it's about principles, right? It's about having a foundation and, and saying what you believe. And I think a lot of times we get in these, these cycles where we let the media sort of dictate to us what's important. It's like, yeah. you know, like they, they're talking about, they're, you know, they're talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know what, what flag is flying in a foreign country right now. Like, why do we even allow them to tell us that that's what's important, right? Like, these things are clearly more important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the media, a lot of times, I think, drives the conversation so much, we wind up on the defensive, and then we get nowhere. Yeah. Uh, David, I want to move on to um, House Democrats holding hearings on slavery reparations. So, Thankfully, they are, as Stu's talking about, they are dealing with <laughs> yeah. the big issues of today. Absolutely. Slavery reparations. Huge. Biggest, yeah. biggest issue of today <laughs> to nobody. I mean, it's <laughs> like, what, what is, and as a black American, uh, something, some questions that I have and things that I think that America needs to pay attention to is why they keep on pushing and uh, pursuing this agenda that I think is just trying to rehash and revive emotional turmoil over our past. It's like we went through it, we fought a civil war over it, 
uh, we're, we're a new America today, and that's largely in part because of the Republican Party, but to what American, what black American out there that hears this rhetoric that Democrats continue to push on black Americans is, hey, we're going to be your champions, we're going to be your saviors. It's like, how much money do they think they're going to get? At the end of the day, uh, how, how do they figure out what black American gets what percentage based on what? How are those factors going to play in? And then how much money do they think they're going to get? It's almost as if, David, it's just a buzzword that they want to throw it out yeah. and they haven't actually thought it through. No, Call they, me they, crazy. Well, there's no way they'd pass it anyway. I don't think there's any way it would pass, but it is just a buzzword. It's something to get the black community, I think, to not pay attention to what is actually taking place. I would prefer jobs, the opportunity to create my own uh, livelihood, the opportunity to create my own future, to take care of my own family and an economy that, uh, that enables me to do that. I prefer a president that's going to help with unemployment and uh, is going to help with uh, the ability for me to take care of my family. And that's what we have right now. And but so the Democrats that. are just trying to push for, for something that's like, it's, it's nonsense. But African-American employment rate is at a historic low right now. Exactly. Right? That's my point. We already have the president that we need. Right. So why do you so think that, their messaging is so... I mean, I, I see that it's effective. Do you disagree? I feel like well, this messaging is effective in the black community. You know, it has been for 60 years. Yeah. That's what they've done. They've pandered to the black community for 60 years. They've peddled them lies. Yeah, and, and what do they have Trump, to show for it? Yeah, Donald Trump said it. He said it, and I, and I looked at it, and I think that black Americans have to do their own research and actually look at what policies of the Democrat Party have actually been of any benefit whatsoever to the black community. They're not for school choice. They're not for, for vouchers. They're, uh, they're not for capitalism. Uh, they, don't want, they want big government. They want to, they want to control everything. And, and another huge issue for me is that they're so pro-abortion. When 80-plus percent of abortion clinics, uh, especially Planned Parenthoods, are placed strategically within two to three miles of black communities around this country. Mm. It's, it, none of their policies have, have done anything for, for our country. And so they're pandering still to those black Americans out there that have been taught and told from their parents or their grandparents or their great-grandparents that, and I think it's, that's where the change happens, is there's not too many great-grandparents out there, depending on your age, that I, I think have forgotten who the real party of, of freedom was for the black community. But there was a switch that was a lie that was fed to the black community that says, oh, now the, now, you know, the Democrats are champions for blacks and for, uh, and for our uh, civil rights, and it's a, it's a big farce. So they're really trying to peddle, I think, their message to the younger black generation or the 30s and 40s that still believe the lie. It's like I shared yesterday, mm -hmm. I have one of my cousins that is very knowledgeable, very intelligent, has a very good job, uh, is, is a capitalist in, in every sense of the word, and yet he had the audacity to ask me, when did I start hating black people? Mm. Because of my support for Donald Trump. Mm. I'm like, what are you talking about? How can I hate myself? Right. I love myself. <laughs> I love my family, you know? And, uh, and, and I love this president because I see that he, I believe that he loves all of us as well. Uh, but he's making a point to do things like the tax reform, to do things like prison reform, to do things uh, as a Christian, like moving our embassy to Jerusalem. He's doing things that past presidents have not done. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's just continued rhetoric by the Democrats to just try to continue to pull the wool over the eyes of those that are not aware, not, that are not awake, and hopefully gain some kind of uh, momentum, because I do believe they're losing. They're not going to get 90% of the black vote. This, this next, this next uh, cycle. I heard his numbers within the African-American community were a lot higher, actually, they, and, and Hispanic as well. Which I absolutely. Yeah, well, un unemployment for Hispanics are at an all-time historic mm -hmm. low as well. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that there's going to be a huge surge in support for Donald Trump from the black community, from the Hispanic community. I'd love to see him get 20, even 25 percent of the, of the black American vote. Uh, and I think that uh, I think he's going to get close to 20. I really, really do. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll completely change and shift the dynamic for this country for decades. Wow. Stu, last word. I think it's interesting that when you look at reparations as a policy, because, you know, look, there's no way constitutionally you can take money from people like how are you going to trace forget yeah. even just pick like does a jamaican american who wasn't even here does he right. get right. what about a person who em- immigrated from slovenia and is white does he have to pay for like right. you and there's no way constitutionally right you can get uh, hey you white people have to play, pay for you black people like yeah. that is not it's nonsense thankfully right like the, the corrections we made with slavery and around those terrible policies were to say that no longer can one race take advantage of another race. Absolutely. So that can't happen. And I keep coming back to this. How would they implement such a thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just seems like at the end of the day, what they're going to say is, look, uh, minorities uh, are disproportionately uh, poor because of all the terrible things that happened in the sla- back in slavery. And the only way we can really do this is just take a bunch more money from rich people and give it to poor people. And that will kind of even it out. And then at the end of the day, it's just going to be yet another uh, pretty much transparent redistribution of wealth type of policy. That's the only way they can probably constitutionally do it anyway. Mm-hmm. We all know they want to do it. This is just an extra justification for a new money grab. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. What if you're a white person who was poor in the South? Like, are you? Before we uh, jump back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So I think that Stu will agree with me that since Glenn has been on Relief Factor, he has been tolerable. I never have said anything. I would never go that far. Uh, More tolerable, if you wanted to say that. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, Glenn has had all sorts of uh, really bad back issues and all sorts of pain issues. And Relief Factor has helped him a lot. I mean, he's talked about it. It's it's really reduced the pain a lot for him. And, and, and you know, he's a guy who likes to, you know, you've mentioned painting before. Yeah. Um, I don't think he actually does any physical labor in his life. <laughs> I don't know that he ever has. Uh, but occasionally he'll, like, have to bend down and lift something. And usually, I mean, there have been, I've been, I've seen him throw his back out lifting a pencil. Pencil. <laughs> uh, you were there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually, a real thing that happened? That's a legitimate real story. Thing. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so that's not happening anymore, which is nice. So if you happen to throw your back out with a pencil. Relief Factor is there for you. It's 100% drug-free. It's four key natural ingredients that target the inflammation in your body, which usually that's the root cause of your pain, and you don't realize it. So you don't have to turn to big pharma. If you are constantly in pain, you're just living in pain, you think that's how life is supposed to be, it's not. It's not. Go to relieffactor.com right now. Try their three-week quick start pack. It's $19.95. And 70% of the people who try it, they go on to keep ordering more. It's working for the majority of people. Uh, Might I suggest if you're in pain, it's definitely worth a shot. Relieffactor.com. Or you can call 800-500-8384. All right, Jason, let's uh, move across the globe here. Another attack on tankers. It's like deja vu. This happened just a few weeks ago. Uh, a couple, it was involved a couple of oil tankers uh, then as well. But uh, yesterday, two more tankers in the Strait of Hormuz, just off the coast of uh, Oman, uh, were hit with what they said was either a torpedo attack or a magnetic mine attack. That's basically the exact same scenario that happened last time, uh, magnetic mines. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fingered Iran, uh, into our intelligence did on that one. I was just looking at announcements just recently, and yeah. again, they have fingered wow. Iran for this one as well. Wow. Of course, Iran's like, nah, it was the other guys. <laughs> yeah. right. Right. It wasn't yeah. us. Yeah. Like, Sorry. we're here to help. Um, one interesting <laughs> thing is the two tankers, the U.S. Navy went and evacuated uh, the personnel in one of the tankers. 
The other one that was closest to Iran, Iran got to that one first. I was watching that on the on the little naval tracker, like an air tracker, and they picked up the sailors from that boat, which I think was Japanese flag. It was either Japanese or Filipino flagged. They went halfway to Iran and then flipped off their transponder signal. So I'm actually very, very worried about what's wow. happening to them now. I'm sure it's some kind of propaganda thing. Um, they'll eventually get out of there. Yeah. But something interesting in the next couple of days is probably going to come off of that. But at any rate, you should keep those people in, their pra in your prayers because they're going to be used for something. It's probably propaganda. But this is... Uh, I'm less worried. I saw a lot of people on Twitter and even in, in the mainstream news instantly go to the W word, going to war is breaking out. There's two people that don't want war uh, in, this area, in, in this conflict, and that's the reason why it's not going to happen. Iran, the United States, both yeah. of us don't want war, yeah. and we're both not stupid. Uh, there's no way the Iran can fight us uh, in a conventional war. They're, they're going to get slaughtered. Um, we can win, but at immense you know, right, casualty. Right. It's, it's, it will, it'll, it'll be bad. This is not Iraq. This is a legitimate, you know, military. It would be bad. Um, we would win, but it would be bad. Um, so we both don't want to go there. Iran's going to continue to do what they always do. They, they use their proxy forces. It lets them get deniability. Um, we're going to give sanctions. I'm, ho I'm hoping this is where the Trump administration is going, is we're going to put sanctions. We're going to keep them in place. We're not going to end them like what the Obama administration did with the JCPOA because they were in a position where collapse was imminent. Mm -hmm. they, uh, the Obama administration gave them no support whatsoever. They fizzled out, and then we gave them billions of dollars to the JCPOA, and then they were able to r uh, rise to what they're at, at now, and they've pretty much almost taken over all of Iraq, moving into Syria. Lebanon's already gone, almost had Yemen. I mean, that's where we are today. Uh, we need to keep sanctions in place, keep doing what they're doing, don't get rattled, don't go all crazy like, you know, what they've, you know, kind of hinted that John Bolton might do, which was do like a kinetic strike. We don't need to do any of that. We don't have to go to war. We don't have to do anything militarily. Just keep doing what you're doing and things will be just fine. Um, so just in summation, don't listen to all this war hype because nobody wants war. We're not going to war. There's one scenario that would be bad. And there's, if, if the talks of torpedoes going to, I don't know if anyone's ever been to the Strait of Hormuz that's, that's watching. Um, I take it none of you guys have. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, You too? Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Off there all the time. I can, always get bamboozled with timeshares. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, I thought I was going there for a free car, and it was like, timeshare. Um, but uh, but for, for anybody that has seen that, probably in the military and the Navy, it's an incredibly crowded place. Um, the third of, of the world's oil comes out of there. Um, I mentioned before what, is, what happened directly afterwards. There was a 5% escalation in oil prices, so they mm. shot up. And my wife was all complaining to me on, so like, get your gas, because it went up 20 cents. Um, but the, all of oil is going to react very badly if something major happens in the Straits of Hormuz. One bad thing that could happen, which could lead to an escalation, is if, say, the USS Ronald Reagan or Lincoln is, is going through there and accidentally hits one of these mines. That would be catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Because then... John Bolton's probably going to do something yeah. pretty decisive in a reaction to that. And that's when... Hard not to. Could, I mean, in that, in that yeah. right. He'd be justified. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be justified. So in, the, in heightened tense situations like this, that's when you have to be worried. You have to be worried that, and this sounds cold, but proxy forces are designed to hit and inflict pain, but not overwhelmingly so. Yeah. So that's why they do small attacks on tankers and stuff like that. That will continue, but stay the course sanctions, they will fall in the end. All right. Well, you heard it from uh, our expert here, Jason Buttrell. Back in a minute. How much are you paying on that timeshare? <laughs> <laughs> Private. Uh -huh.
It's like a hundred bucks. Uh, we discussed on the show a couple days ago about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She does so much for the country. She now wants a pay raise. Um, there were a lot of people who were really critical of her comments, but she has actually responded um, in a new video. She has responded to um, the reasons why she thinks she deserves a pay raise. I don't know. It's, it's really weird. It, I think it looks a lot like her, personally. That looks a lot like her, I would say. <laughs> um, so you can actually go and watch that video of her response on uh, my YouTube channel. It's called Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. If you have not yet subscribed, please do. Uh, go and subscribe so you don't miss anything from, from us here over at uh, Blaze TV and myself. And don't forget, Blaze TV uh, subscribers, we've got overtime coming up next. We've still got much Ooh. more to come. So Boom. tune in, blazetv.com. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, before we get into overtime, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Um, so there are a lot of people out there these days who say that they're a real estate agent, including Jason's handyman who comes and fixes toilets and then is like, hey, I know all about uh, selling houses in my spare time. I want to investigate the story a little bit further because <laughs> if you are, I know a lot of people who, awesome. uh, who do like fix up houses, mm-hmm. right? Like they're like part of their job is so they become real estate agents to like lower their transaction costs when they're like flipping houses. Like that's a totally legitimate reason oh. to get your license if you're a handyman because you're like the person who's doing the work inside the house and you're saving money. I know it's really I nice mean, commercial, but I think that is very possible. Okay, I, got one, I, got one, I got one question that I think we'll, we'll validate. What, he, was a, he was a plumber? Uh, he was good, fixed my washer, so yeah. Was his crack showing? Yes. Okay, yeah. so do so you really that want not, that person? That is not a real estate. You can't yeah. tell that's, me, that's Stu. That's the validation <laughs> period. That's the person. End of discussion. Thank you. Thank you. It's just generally speaking, you don't want people's cracks in the middle of a real estate transaction. So what no, we can guarantee never, you never. is that an agent at realestateagentsitrust.com is not going to show their crack. All right? You can be assured of that. Glenn and his team have vetted these people for their knowledge, their skill, their track record. These are the people who do it full time. They don't just dabble in it on the side and then the rest of the their spare time they spend uh, with their crack showing, fixing your toilet or your washer. That's not what you want. Not okay. You gotta go to <laughs> uh, okay. realestateagentsitrust.com. There are agents all over the country. There is one where you are at or where you're going. Trust me, realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, Stu, you have an update for us on uh, John Stewart's rant during or in front of Congress that we discussed yesterday. Yes, yesterday we went over this, and and you know again, Stewart, I think is uh, generally his heart's in the right place, and uh, and obviously this is a great. Everyone wants 9-11 victims uh, to get the funding they need. 100%, there's zero disagreement on that. Um, uh, what I thought was interesting, and I said yesterday, is that the media is basically taking this, and they're trying to get this, like, we're, we, we're showing, you know, Congress, and we're on John Stewart's side, and we need to move these people, when they darn well know that this is going to get passed. The funding gets passed. It has to be reauthorized every five years, at least the way it's set up right now. It was funded until 2020. What happened was about two or three times as many people have applied to it than they predicted. So the money's run out a little bit faster than they thought, but 
everyone knows this is going to get uh, to get reauthorized. Shockingly, yesterday, the entire panel voted unanimously to approve the funding. And now it will go. Uh, it oh, needs good. to get scored. It is good. It's a good outcome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, good. Needs to get uh, scored by the CBO and then go through the full vote. But again, like another detail, they, you know, none of the coverage really put in there was for this bill. There are three hundred and thirteen co-sponsors. So, like, that's already enough votes to push it through the <laughs> yeah. House already, yeah, that, yeah. just in the co-sponsors, let alone anyone else that would vote for it. Um, so it was kind of a, again, this is sort of much ado about about a very important cause. But as far as the risk of that of these people not getting their money, there really was never any risk. I mean, it was good that we were alerted that this was, you know, coming up to a vote. But, you know, we all knew it was going to pass. One thing I thought was interesting, though, is that, you know, this idea that now they're going to they're going to approve this funding until I think it's 2092. Two or something, and oh, wow. they're not going to limit how much money goes in there. So initially, I think they put seven billion in, and they put another six billion in. It was initially for like people who died or were injured, and then it's become more about like the people who are dealing with the long-term illnesses. And again, all of this should obviously one hundred percent be covered for these yeah. people. Um, but like this concept of revisiting a an ongoing thing is important. I mean, we talked about the debt figures in the beginning of this. And, you know, look, 9-11 victims, um, you know, no one's going to go after that for, you know, this is not where you plant the flag of fiscal responsibility. Um, however, there's a million of these programs. Um, and this is how these numbers go up. Look, we don't even know why they're going up. We don't even know which programs. Mm. They're just all increasing all the time. The, the example that I was going to bring up is another real tragedy where 36,000 people went, were homeless after a massive flood in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And it was called the Johnstown flood. It was a massive deal. They basically had to clear out an entire town and rebuild it. And the way they dealt with that was to pass a <clears throat> short-term, one-time tax on, the, on liquor um, that I think, was, I think it started at 6%. Uh, to pay off all the damage for this flood. And, like, that's something that I think Americans can rally behind. I mean... A tax on liquor? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was like... I feel attacked. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, to help people, like, like, this is the one... As much as I think it's like a... a, At least you can feel good about spending the money on your drink. (laughs) You're kind of donating while you're drinking. Justifying drinking, I thought you'd like it. (laughs) It's Uh, it's wife. You're drinking again? I gotta donate. I'm donating. If you go back to the founding of the country, you'll find that most of the time, people were saying, like, we don't want the federal government involved. And in this case, it was the state government of Pennsylvania. But like, you know, look, you want to help these people. So if some, a tragedy happens that they couldn't have been prepared for, that's, you know, okay. Well, what's happened? What happened? In 1936, they passed the, ta- the flood happened. They passed the tax. In 1942, they had enough money to rebuild the town and everything was great. The problem is in 2019, the tax still exists. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's now tripled. So now it's wow. 18% and people That's are still paying it for nothing. Are uh, all the homeless wow. people who were homeless now in like mansions? <laughs> no, they don't right? get any of the money. It's now going to the general fund, <laughs> oh, which is so often the end of these stories. Yep. And it's like, look, they, you know, I think while it's completely unquestioned that, you know, there's no, there's no one arguing against 9-11 victims getting, their, getting money for what happened to them. There is a part of you that says, look, it's important to keep addressing these. I mean, a lot of times, you know, the same thing has happened with medical claims over the years where um, there's been uh, side effects associated with the medication. And I know Wyeth went through this at one point where they put in, they just were like, all right, here's $13 billion. Pay off all those people so, you know, they don't come after us anymore. And it's like, well, when they did that, tens of thousands of people started applying with these mysterious things. And wait a minute, you're saying this happened before the medication was even available <laughs> right. in a state where they didn't even have it and the doctor doesn't even... They're not even in the same town as you. It's like, and all these problems start. People eventually get to that point where they start 
go, you know, they, when there's 13 million or billion dollars piled up, people will go after it no matter what. So they've seen, and I don't know, I'm sure, like, the, the, the situation with 9-11 is different in that, like, it, there really are a lot of people, and the, and this, this, uh, the situation of harm is really spreading out to more and more. I mean, they, they had it planned for, like, I think it was 2,000, it was 2,880 people initially. They're like, all right, 2,880 people, we're going to cover that. And then it was like, well, another, there's another few thousand who are injured. And I'm like, okay. And then that, that wound up all being taken care of. And then they're like, well, now the sicknesses are starting. And then, so when they passed this, they were thinking, okay, maybe there'll be 10,000, 20,000 uh, sicknesses. Now it's like 40 and 50 and 60,000. Wow. So that's why the money's running out so fast. Yeah. Um, you know, look, we, obviously they have to do their due diligence to make sure that everybody is, uh, you know, this is all uh, on the up and up, which I'm sure 99% of it is. Uh, but as these things grow, when you get to that point where you're like, look, this, case, this is so just, we never have to check on it again. It's such a good cause. It's such a noble cause. We never have to look this way again. Just keep put, throwing money at it. That doesn't, I don't think, do real respect to the victims. I mean, just shoveling sure. money at people is not, is not the right thing to do anyway. Um, but, you know, the other part is, like, eventually you do open it up to real issues of abuse and problems. So it is, I think, important for all of us to go back and, like, revisit these things. In this particular case, though, it looks like it's on the up and up. The things are going the right way. And our Congress, who is incapable of doing anything right, does seem to be doing the right thing here. I feel like you just brought this up again today just to let everyone know that you were right. <laughs> the only reason. Why else are we on the show? I have an update. Um, oh, by the way, right. I was right yeah. when I said yesterday, just saying. Um, Jason, I, w- I want to share what Jason submitted that he wanted to talk about. This is just verbatim. This is all I have. This is all I know about it. The Hill posted one of the most ridiculous stories and tweets I've ever seen. Was there a dot, dot, dot? all I know. This is a good one, though. This is actually, he's on, no, normally Jason comes in, he's like, I, I woke up this morning and I was having cornflakes. He gives us this whole backstory of how he got to this. This is a legitimately horrible one by the Hill. So I'm, just, I'm not going to do what I usually do. I'm going to cut right to the chase. All right, let's I saw go. this tweet yesterday. I'm going to read it. Just in, Trump administration to send migrant children to former Japanese internment camp. Wow. Report. That's really bad. So that makes wow. it sound like, that? it makes yeah. it sound like there's like, Somewhere in the California desert, there's just, you know, the we've still got barbed wire around this mm-hmm. internment camp. And he's just mm-hmm. throwing them in there. Mm-hmm. Terrible. You know, wow. Likely he would do something he's like that. He's rounding them up. Absolutely insane, mm-hmm. right? He, they're sending him. To, it's Fort Sill Military Base. <laughs> That's where they're wow. going. It's one of the largest army bases in the country. Uh, it's home to one of the four boot camps, Army boot camps. My goodness. Uh, that's their main artillery training center. The Marine Corps training center so is there as well. Good enough for bravest citizens, but not right. good enough for migrant children, apparently. Right. Like, how mis- that's like, crazy. I-, I was watching the uh, House Intelligence Committee report today on deep fakes and uh, AI, and they were talking heavily about misinformation. This is blatant misinformation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's blatant. fake news. This is th- exactly like why I, the, in the way this started, I was looking, I think Time Magazine reported it first and mention that in the story. Then everyone else started aggregating this. Like if you Google this right now, like the top 10 or five, five to 10 links say the same thing as that. Wow. So if you're not reading the story, that's exactly what you think. And that's Which what that is intended to do. Most, yeah. yeah, because they know most people are not reading the story. And right. if they do click on it, they read like the first couple sentences and then tune back out. Right. And what's, what's ridiculous is I, I got in, of course, you know me, I got into multiple Twitter wars on this no, uh, today. you. Um, right, Shocking. right. Um, wow. and, but some people were actually defending it, saying, well, well, it's not 
untrue. Like, they did take, you know, uh, Japanese uh, um, uh, there during World War II and yada yada. So it's it's actually not true. But that's not the intent of yeah, that. That's what makes it no. so slimy. Right. They're trying to misrepresent what was going on. That was like mm. if the news and why it matters. Mm. We did our show. Like, this is awesome. This is scenario I'm about to say. We should do this totally. But <laughs> we did our show in front of the Eiffel Tower, right? Mm-hmm. And then next, the Hill says, news and why it matters, Cats. Those are show at the same exact spot Hitler took a picture after he stormed into <laughs> Paris. Like, that's the headline they chose. Yeah. Like, really? That was like, that's what you think it was about? Uh, I mean, it's, great, great, it's a great point. And like, it's yeah. so ridiculous. That, that's exactly what they're trying to do there. But the thing that really pissed me off about that, because I, I had the initial Jason reaction. Of, <laughs> like, how, I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. After that, though, I started thinking like, you know, it wasn't us that interned the Japanese. That was progressive. That was, that was yeah. FDR. Yeah. That was the guy that you keep telling me was the best president of all time. Yeah. That's who did that. Not me. That's on you. You want to start bashing internment camps, which I'm with you on. You should start like re- reflecting on your own history as a progressive because... Yep. You know that that this is what they did to our country, not what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the fact that now they get the best of both worlds, they get to say something that's not true to shame Donald Trump with something that they originally did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's oh, incredible. And, and, and also, uh, this is not a. This is what typically happens when the facilities get over overfilled down on the border. Yeah. Obama did this in 2014. Oh, yeah. Same place, right? right. Same exact place. Mm. Same scenario. I don't remember the Hills headline though in 2014. Huh. I'm sure it was very similar. Okay, very similar. Very similar. David, mainstream media. Yeah, at it again. <laughs> it, you know, and we were talking about it yesterday. I showed the video. I've had a ton of people uh, already talk about the uh, the absolute cut. I don't know if you got to see that clip where Facebook just reamed me over fake news. Yeah, hey, I oh, you have to see it. I shared a I shared a CNN clip. It's a clip of actual CNN uh, video, and uh, they said it was fake news. And another clip on global warming, they said it was fake news. So my reach, that was between 1 and 2.7 million people a day, organic reach, they chopped down to 100,000 a day. Oh, my gosh. Um, And yet The Hill and other organizations like that can run blatantly fake news intended to mislead the public and get away with it. Yeah, and then and it's just—it's disgusting. That's that's the definition of a clickbait headline, yeah. absolutely. Right there. But then we get flagged. We got flagged by that group that was trying to categorize fake news and all that stuff as clickbaity. Like we got flagged as clickbaity. I just saw uh, earlier today on because I'm an editor on our Facebook page. I just saw earlier today we got some independent fact checker who flagged one of our articles. So for fake news. Yeah. Yeah. That is where it starts. Then they demonetized me completely on Facebook, which hurts, uh, hurt, hurts, still hurts. <laughs> but it will be okay. But and that's where I really hope that the uh, the American people see the difference in what's going on, and something has to change because I mean we're in a we're in the battle for our country, and for I was actually in the uh, break room and they had the shot of the five leading Democrat candidates for president. And goes from Biden to Warren to uh, Harris to Buttigieg and uh, and Bernie. Yeah, Biden and Bernie. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like that is the group that the Democrats have that that they're trying to present to the American people to be the potential commander in chief of the greatest country on the planet. Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) They are in trouble. But we are in trouble if any one of those five takes office. Mm. Ain't that the truth. Uh, All right. Today's poll. Well, let me go back. Yesterday's poll. uh, Do men and women have equal rights in America in 2019? 90% of you said yes. 10%. I don't know what you guys are thinking. You said no. Uh, I would love to know. Maybe they're in the comments. I would love to know what particular rights 
uh, you may think that are not equal in 2019. Um, although I will say, I this morning I w- I'm, g- I'm about to call someone out, but it's fine. Um, I was walking in the building. My hands were super full. Like I just had a bunch of stuff in my hands, and I was struggling to get my badge. And s- the security guy was just like. <laughs> you know what, you and I'm like, I blame third wave feminism for this. You guys killed chivalry, and I just want someone to help me open the door. <laughs> and then today's poll uh, should the USA women's soccer team be paid the same as the USA men's soccer team? They should both be Let paid us zero. Know. So, yes. They yeah. Have, they, soccer. They, they, should, soccer. they should get docked for even showing yes, up. Yes, I agree. Well, I mean, you know, surely we shouldn't, you know, pay attention to certain things like how much uh, revenue they bring in yeah. for the ads or how many people are watching right. or anything like that, right? No, that would be terrible. If I'm not going to watch men's people. soccer, I'm not going to watch soccer if it's man or woman. Yeah. No, let, can exactly. we just? I'll Period. say it so you don't have to. <laughs> Women's sports always more boring than men's sports. I, I would agree with m- a couple of uh, asterisks to that. I'm, and women's tennis, I think, is really is great to watch. True. Okay, I, I, that's I true. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, women's volleyball. The, the women's volleyball is always very good to watch. Thank is you, there, is there men's volleyball? I have no idea. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I Let us get know it. what you think. I get it. At the I, Blaze's I think Twitter. I get it. That's at the Blaze. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Oh, by the way, tell everyone again where they can find you, David. David J. Harris Jr. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And my website, DavidHarrisJr.com. Get my book, Why I Couldn't Stay Silent. It's waking people up and it's changing lives. It's going to help Donald Trump win 2020. Yeah. <laughs> right. Take that to the bank. Go there now, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. You should clarify beach volleyball. I think that was understood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, we, were, thi- we were thinking indoor gymnasium type of uh, volleyball. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.